Hey everyone, welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 reads, In the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and whatever you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your own head are all numbered. Fear not, you are more valuable than many sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God." But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these." But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom." Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning, and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table. He will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager, whom his master will set over his household, to give them their portion of food at the proper time? 
Blessed is that servant, whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the male and female servants, and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he does not know, and he will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will, but did not get ready or act accordingly to his will, will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. I came to cast fire on the earth, and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on, in one house, there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once a shower is coming. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say there will be scorching heat and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? And why do you not judge for yourself what is right? As you go with your accuser before the magistrate, make an effort to settle with him on the way, lest he drag you into the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and the officer put you in prison. I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the very last penny. For today's nugget of truth, we're going to focus on verses 35 through verses 48 here in Luke chapter 12. And so this is really like a central section that we have a teaching and then kind of a parable that are both focused on the same thing. And that's this call for action, call to be ready for when the master returns. And what we have here is the specific statement, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect in verse 40 that displays that he's teaching the disciples that they're being called to be ready for the coming of the Son of Man. Obviously, Jesus is the Son of Man here in this situation. He is the Son of Man who has come to display the truth of what that significant phrase means, whether it be in Daniel or Ezekiel and the other places that we've seen it. It's a central theme to the Gospel of Luke as well. So he is the one who is salvific in nature and what he's coming. But much of this coming that we're looking at here is truly focused on the second coming for us in our setting as we're sitting here waiting for God to come and to finish his plan of restoration and salvation. So they're called for a watchfulness, those people at the Son of Man's coming, in the same way that we are called for a watchfulness at the return of Christ. But there's this whole situation of the waiting period leading to the servants and the others who are waiting, not doing what they've been called to do. So we see that play out when they're sitting there. And if the master had known when the thief was coming, he wouldn't have left his house for it to be broken into, reminding us that, hey, these things happen when your guard is let down. He then tells this parable, who's the faithful and the wise manager that's going to be set over what's going on. As he talks through this, he gives us the two situations. There's first a servant who he finds doing what he's doing, and he's going to set him over all his possessions. He gives blessings to that person who does that. But then there's this other servant who says, hey, you know, he's taking too long. It's not really happening the way I thought it would. And he starts to just do basically what 
whatever he wants. He starts taking advantage of the things that have been given to him, and he is not found waiting for the master when he returns. But then we have this part that I really want us to focus on here that we see coming up in verses 47 and 48, that there are degrees of punishment commensurate with the degrees of unbelief. So we see that the one who did not know what was coming does still deserve the beating, but he receives a light beating. But the one who did know and did nothing to get ready for that is one who will deserve a severe beating. Because the knowledge of what was supposed to be done is important to be held in context with the punishment for not doing that. And so when we walk through the scriptures, we see that God has revealed himself to all people at all times. We see that in Romans chapter 1. We see that through his divine creation that we can see what's going on. I also like to look at Psalm 19 in conjunction with Romans chapter 1 to see how God has truly displayed what's going on in the world to be a part of who he is. But Psalm 19 goes on to show that he's also revealed himself in his word, through his commands, through his precepts and his promises. And so what we see there is that there's twofold things there. His general revelation, what's available to all people at all times, and his special revelation, what's only available to the people who have access to God in his word. And so the judgment for those people who have access to those things and choose not to partake in it and choose not to address him as Lord and Savior is going to be greater than the judgment that is there. Now, wait, are you talking about like levels of hell or heaven or other things like that? No, but we can walk through the scriptures and see in other places. The book of Hebrews displays this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29, that there are significant differences in the judgment of what God is doing for people based upon what he's revealed to them. So why focus on this today? Why is this something that we can anchor our faith in? Number one, it's a warning for us. It's a call for us to be diligent and vigilant and to stay awake and to look towards the coming of our Lord and Savior. It's a reminder that our time here on earth is limited, that it's something that we must account for as we stand before the Lord and should be something that motivates those who are believers to Christ's likeness and to godliness. It's also a reminder to the people that are around us that we should have a great zeal and a great diligence in trying to get the word of God into their lives because they have access to it but may not have the spirit imparted upon them because they're going to receive judgment in accordance to what has been revealed to them. And so if you have people in your life who may have grown up in the church and seem to have walked away for period of time, maybe they're a similar situation as the prodigal son or others who are choosing to forsake the teachings that they have and the things that they know to be true, it's important that you still be praying for that person and drawing them back to the Lord because their judgment will be severe for what they have done in accordance with them abandoning their faith. So this is something that should speak to us, but should also create in us compassion, should create in us a desire to be missionally living so that we can help meet the needs of the people around us. Now, as far as a question for today, Let's just continue right down into this next little section as it talks about Jesus and his relationship to the division that's coming. Because a lot of us think in terms of, hey, didn't Jesus come to make things super peaceful and to create unity and to do all these other things that bring us all together? 
Why, yes, that is true in terms of the ultimate end of the gospel being the peace with God and the renewal of that peace and unity for earth. But the immediate impact of that often creates a lot of conflict with the things that are going on in people's lives. And so I see that very clearly in my life as I'm relating to other people with different worldviews right now with many of the situations that are going on. The goal of peace seems almost unattainable right now, but I understand that it will end up as God is making all things work together for the good of those he's called. He's going to bring it all to peace, but right now we should be expecting conflict to take place as there are only certain ones who are giving themselves to following and obeying the Lord and others who are setting themselves in direct opposition to that. So we should expect that conflict that takes place. That's why we see that. So when we talk about here thinking, hey, I read this passage and it says, hey, Jesus came to make things divided. Is that really what's going on? I thought the whole point was to bring us back into creation, bring us back into the created order. Yes, it is true, but that doesn't mean that there's not going to be a step of conflict still in that path. So maybe that's your question for today, or maybe you have a different question. Well, whatever your question is, we're seeking for you to find an understanding of what God's Word is teaching you about that. And so find that with the sources, the tools, the other people around you that are studying God's Word with you. Speak about God's Word with others so that you're collectively growing in community with others as you're growing in your love for the Lord. And know today you were loved. You're-